Welcome to Mosaic, living biblically in an unbiblical world. God is putting together the tiles of our lives so that we can glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. Join me, Dr. James Brown, member of the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church, as we discover how to orient our lives on God's Word and live for Him. With an overwhelming amount of choices out there, how do you pick the right material to use in your own personal worship or family worship? Well, that's what we're going to discuss today on Mosaic, living biblically in an unbiblical world. You know, doing a quick search over Amazon, I decided to look up how many devotional books there are out there. And did you know that just between men and women, there are almost 20,000 different small group books? and almost 80,000 different devotional books. And if you add kids on top of that, there's about 10,000 children's devotionals. So among all of that, how are we supposed to make sense of everything? Well, when people are picking devotional materials or small group materials, they're looking for something that speaks to them. They're looking for something that answers a question that they're trying to find out. Maybe it's how to have a good relationship or good finances or get along in conflict or deal with sorrow or hurt or loss. But in every one of those, we're typically asking the wrong question. The question that we're usually asking is, what does this verse or passage mean to me? The question that we really need to be asking is, what does this verse mean to God? When we think of the word devotion, it really should be something that brings us closer into devotion with Christ. I mean, for instance, what's the chief end of mankind? The chief end of mankind is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And so if our chief end really is that style of life worship to Jesus Christ, then the devotion should bring us closer into that. But sadly, if you look at most devotional stuff today, what you find is something totally different. What you find are materials that are emotionally based, and they they bring us into deeper devotion to ourselves or to each other rather than to God. And we start to follow a certain author or a certain publisher or a certain paradigm of theology rather than looking to what Scripture actually says. I can't tell you how many times I've said in small groups, and maybe I've even led small groups, that we've looked at what people said about God rather than actually looking at what God actually said we really want to be serious about our times of personal worship and our times of family worship, then what is something that we can really look to? If we stick to Scripture, then we're going to be pretty safe. This raises a different question. Then how exactly are we supposed to understand what we read? Because maybe not everyone has a theological education. Maybe not everyone lives with a pastor or a missionary. Or maybe not everyone has good tool books. Well, this is where I would tell you that a catechism is probably one of the best things that we can do. Sometimes when I use the word catechism, people sort of shrink back in, in fear because of that word catechism. And it reminds us of strict instruction or rote memorization or lifeless facts. Well, that's not what a catechism is at all. In fact, the term catechesis, catechism, first shows up in English around the year 1500. And it just simply means teaching in an oral form. And it's usually in the form of a question and answer. Actually, Martin Luther popularized this sort of form of catechism, this form of teaching. And it, just in this explanation of catechism, there's a not-so-subtle hint that it's not meant to be done individually or in a vacuum. Now, you may say, I understand what you're saying, but as a Protestant, I don't believe in creeds or confessions or catechisms. 
Uh, I have no creed but Christ, and all we need is Scripture. Well, when we say that, we're actually giving each other a creed, and we're giving each other the foundation for our catechism or our teaching. Now, here's what I would tell you about a catechism. We don't believe that creeds or confessions or catechisms are inspired or infallible. They aren't Scripture, but they are authoritative as summarizing the teaching of Scripture, which is what their primary purpose is. Almost every denomination and tradition in church history has used some form of catechism for religious education, both children and adults. So what is in a catechism? Most catechisms are set up pretty close to one another. I mean, there are some doctrinal and denominational differences, of course, but for the most part, you're going to see four major aspects. The first aspect of most catechisms is a basic belief of Christianity, who Jesus is, who God is, what the Trinity is, what's the purpose of man, how is one saved. What you find if you take these basic beliefs of Christianity, their historic, orthodox, biblical teaching, these are the things that we would say are non-negotiables. If we call ourselves Christians, we're going to agree with most of these things. This part of the catechism will pretty closely mirror the Apostles' Creed. The second aspect we're going to find in a catechism is really going to be the Lord's Prayer. It's going to break down the different phrases and petitions of the prayer so we can understand it and why it's in there. The third one is the Ten Commandments. Because in the Ten Commandments, we find God's moral law for our lives. And it's going to break down the commandments, both in what they allow and what they prohibit. And really, the last part is the one that is a little bit different, depending on your denomination. Uh, It's going to talk about the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and what they mean and what they signify and why they're sacred. Those are the four major aspects, the four major divisions of a catechism. So how do you use a catechism? Well, the way we use in our house is we use one question per week. We have one question per week posted in the house, and we go over that question. We read aloud the question as a family, and we try to memorize the answer by the end of the week. And then our times of family worship, we're reading a scripture that's referenced within that answer. And that's a key to understanding good catechisms. A good catechism will give you the question that it's asking, and in the answer, it will will reference scripture. So that way, you can look exactly to what Scripture says the answer actually is. So how do you choose the right catechism to use? Well, the short answer is simply this. Ask your pastor. If your pastor looks at you weird because you use the word catechism, well, you're probably not in a Reformed church. And if that's the case, then I recommend using the Westminster Shorter Catechism. If you're in a Reformed church, then you probably have a catechism easily accessible to you. Or you can ask someone that you know that is a historic follower of Christ, and and they can point you in the right direction. When you start asking about catechisms, there's some historic catechisms that people are going to come up with. The first one I wanted to talk about is the Heidelberg Catechism. And this is used by many Reformed churches, and it was written in the year 1562 uh, by Zacharias or Science. There's a Baptist catechism. It's called the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, and it was written by Calvinistic Baptists in England to give a formal expression of the Reformed and Protestant Christian faith with an obvious Baptist perspective. Along with the London Baptist Confession of Faith, I would say that uh, the Keech's Catechism, commonly called Keech's Catechism for Children, which is a great one, it was written in 1660s, attributed to Benjamin Keech, but it was actually written by a man named William Collins. It was written from the Reformed Baptist perspective, really for the instruction of children. But really the big one on the block is the Westminster Catechism, and this is used by the Presbyterian churches, and this is the one that my family and I use, and the denomination that I'm part of, the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church, this is what we use. It was written from 1643 to 1648 during the English Civil War by men who became known as the Westminster Divines. There's two catechisms in this one. There's the larger and the shorter catechism. The larger catechism 
uh, is not really designed for memory. It's designed for ministers and teaching. The shorter one is designed for families and personal study, and it's able to be memorized. You know, it's been said that the Westminster Catechism is the most popular and most widely used in development of other catechisms. So if you have the catechism, you start working it, do you need one that's updated? And sometimes people will look for an updated language catechism, or maybe one that's good for kids. So here's a parenting tip for those of us that are followers of Christ. It's okay for your kids to struggle with the meaning of vocabulary. And it's okay for your kids to be a little bored, and it's okay for your kids to be a little lost. It's good for their brains. It's good for their imagination. It's good for them to try to grasp things that are just a little bit out of reach. Parents will talk to me about education and wanting their kids to be stretched and challenged and having to strive to understand and grasp so they can understand concepts. But yet when it comes to faith, they want their kids to be spoon-fed. My theory is that the parents say that because they also need spoon-feeding on faith because they don't really know what it is that they believe or why they believe it. So my encouragement to you is use a catechism. Don't worry about what devotionals are out there or small group materials are out there. Use a catechism because when you're using the catechism, you're going right to who God is and what God says about himself. The question we need to ask ourselves is not what does this verse mean to me, but what does this verse mean to God? What does this verse say about a redeemer to one who needs to be redeemed? So join me next week as I talk about the different translations of scriptures and how to choose the right one. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. I host another podcast called 10-Minute Catechism, based on the Westminster Shorter Catechism. You can find both wherever you get your podcast.